0: Today on the Kyle and Kasanoff Show, we've got a great interview with our friend from up north TSN's Cabby Richards from Cabby Presents. Plus, we talk postseason baseball and we take you through the NFL. All right, and welcome to today's Kyle and Kasanoff show. I think the big story is that uh, I was wrong, but you were more wrong. And what's more important is that I was less wrong. Of course, we're talking about postseason baseball. We did some predictions. I said Red Sox Brewers, Brewers to take it all. Obviously, I was half wrong. But Kyle said Astros Brewers. And he was really wrong, so I'd like to give you the opportunity to explain yourself.
1: Man, what... I can't imagine being so happy that I was so wrong. Like, I I really thought that Houston was the best team in this, in this postseason. I thought that the Red Sox didn't look that good the second half of September. I thought that... Honestly, I thought that the Yankees would even give them a run for their money. Like, especially at Yankee Stadium. I did not expect that at all. Um, but obviously, at this point, that's... That's ancient history, and I thought that uh, I don't know. I just I didn't see David Price stepping up like he did, and uh, I think that's the key here. David Price stepped up when he did. Andrew Benintendi made one of the most clutch catches in baseball history to end uh, a wild Game Four, the you know heart attack Game Four. I guess um, I don't know. I just like I'm I'm like hindsight's twenty twenty. Like the Red Sox were obviously like the better team in this series. And I'm so thrilled that they're back in the World Series because they've won their last three World Series that they've played in. They're trying to go for four in 14 years. Um, Somewhat of a, like a, a dynasty. I I don't know if you can call it a dynasty if they win now. Do you feel bad about yourself? No, I don't.
0: Do you feel spoiled? No, not at all. Do you feel like you deserve Boston Sports?
1: No, but like, I don't, I really don't deserve Boston Sports. I really don't. But it's like, it's like people like my dad's age. Like, they lived through – like, Boston sports used to be, like, Cleveland sports or San Diego sports. Like, nobody won. Really? Like, there just were like no sports? 70s, like, the 70s. the sa-
0: San Diego, there are no sports.
1: Well, I- I'm talking back when they had the Chargers, back mm-hmm. when they had the Padres. I mean, I mean, they stole the Padres. But, like
0: – I forgot they existed, San actually. San Diego is
1: known for being, like, one of the most sad sports towns because their teams have never won. They've had two teams – or they had two teams for, like – 50, 60 years, neither of them ever even sniffed, really. I mean, the Padres played in, I think, two World Series, and the Chargers maybe so, went to one. Are Super Bowl. you saying
0: that Raleigh, North Carolina, has more major sports championships than San Diego?
1: Yes, I, I am saying that. Uh, it's pretty hard to believe because I honestly, I bet you nine out of 10 of our listeners wouldn't know that Raleigh, North Carolina actually had a professional sports team.
0: Um, hey, they have a team that's Stanley Cup champions, two thousand six Carolina Hurricanes. Okay, we're not we're not
1: talking about Carolina. this year. hey, we're first talking... game
0: I ever first hockey game I ever watched, Game Seven of that of that Stanley Cup final. Just a little, little trivia.
1: There you go. But like, obviously this this unprecedented run by Boston sports, where you have the Red Sox in the World Series now, the Patriots are top three Super Bowl favorites. I mean, they're probably going to represent the AFC this year again in the Super Bowl. I don't know. It would be win. it would
0: be hard to see the Pats not doing that, but. We'll we'll talk football after the break.
1: Right. I like and and then you have the Celtics a top two team. Like if they can make like all like everyone's gonna say, Oh, no one's getting past the Warriors but the Cavs like if the Cavs could do it two years ago, I think it is it is possible.
0: I'll Um, say this. The Bruins are not gonna win the Stanley Cup. They're a really good yeah, team. I mean, I mean, the Bruins are the that Cup. fourth
1: team that is probably least likely to win a championship this year. But they're still a contender, and they're still exciting to watch. Well, so, I like, think I
0: th- think that really regardless. Just the big thing if we're talking about Boston sports as a whole is that any any city that has all four sports teams, the hockey team will always be the least likely to win because, unlike the other three sports, I would say that it's just the least predictable. Like, there's just there's no. Like Golden State Warriors of hockey, and there never will be.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, I totally get that. Hockey is just a different; it's a different animal.
0: Yeah, but I mean, NBA the Bruins is. are still really good, and they're a lock for the playoffs. And so, yeah. really, so, I mean, if you're like, Boston's, honestly,
1: fan, I'll, like I'll, I'll I'll take that. And if, you've if, got
0: even if you go even if you go down to college, like I think BC football is having a good year. BC
1: football's having a good year. I
0: think that. I mean, I, we know that you know, like Harvard hockey's won the top ten in the country.
1: Right. I mean, even even like you go down to the AAA baseball. There's a lot of excitement surrounding the future move to Worcester f- by the Pawtucket Red Sox. Like that isn't even like an on-field thing, but like people are excited about that. You people know, don't, you just... don't
0: usually peer- hear people getting excited about moving to Worcester. Right. Exactly. That's
1: not usually a place that people go and they end up happy. But uh, I don't know. I I guess now people are kind of excited about that. But like I don't know. I, I'm back to the the Red Sox. Obviously, like that series, that Houston series, like that was that was easy. To me, that really w- they didn't really pose much of a challenge at all. I think Alex Bregman didn't show up. If he had showed up, that's a totally different p- series. Like he didn't like he was up in so many big moments, and he did he did nothing. Really, four one. The,
0: the 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 Red Sox took that series four one.
1: Four one. I mean, it, it was easy. They didn't really pose much of a challenge, like I said.
0: Do you want to talk about maybe the more interesting series? Because uh L A. Milwaukee went seven games.
1: Yeah, that was a great series. Like I don't know how the Dodgers won that series. Cause they didn't really play that well. I thought I, I thought, so, thought they won some close games and looked really, really bad in their three losses, but you know, talent overcomes that kind of obstacle.
0: I have to say that I was really disappointed because I, I want, I, I know that Milwaukee is a really good team. Obviously they caught fire at the right time. You know, I go from the wild card to looking as good as they did, but go from a
1: tiebreaker to looking as good. Yeah. As they
0: did. Right. And that's what I meant. Sorry. Not the wild card, the tiebreaker. Uh, I I wanted them to get there and you know I think Milwaukee, like Mo Wisconsin? No. What are you talking about? Where's Milwaukee? What state? That's in Wisconsin. Okay, go me. Okay. Here I, you go. I I think Wisconsin needed this, you know. They 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 though. Well,
1: Wisconsin's a pretty good sports state for having not that many teams really.
0: Well, I think the 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 Timber Bulls are collapsing. That's in Minnesota.
1: That's a different it's a different oh, state.
0: It's so what the Milwaukee uh
1: Milwaukee Bucks.
0: Bucks. Oh, really God. good team. Okay. Can I just say this? There, in my mind, there's not a difference between Milwaukee and Minneapolis St. Paul. The three cities, in my mind, are one place.
1: Okay. Um, hopefully, you're not from Milwaukee or Minneapolis if you're listening to this, because that was definitely highly offensive to residents of both those cities. I mean, no- I I think I've, never- I've never been to either place.
0: There's th- three cities technically. Twin- I, I
1: don't even really count St. Paul. I feel like that's just the twin cities. Hey? It's all one place. Hey, now, now you're being the that's main really one. one place to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I bet you they'd be even more offended, but th- yeah, that I said that. But like I, I don't know. I see Milwaukee more as a blue collar town, and M- Minneapolis is kind of like a hipster. Like it's like the Seattle of the Midwest. Like there's a lot of high tech wow. there. Like it's it's supposed to be pretty expensive to live. Like it's it's cold, but like other than that, like it's supposed to be pretty nice. Like they got those like malls, like like the Mall
0: of America, right? That's that's in, is that
1: in Minneapolis? I I don't think that's in in Minneapolis. I think that's I in, think that's like in a suburb.
0: I think it's in like a diner or something. Um, I don't know.
1: Sure, but like M- M- Minneapolis has these like walkways that you can like go underground and like and like. You mean a tunnel? Sort of, but they also go above the street. So you know like how it how at the Peru and so Boston bridge. they have like that bridge that crosses the street and it like connects the malls kind of by back bay um they have this in Minnesota and it connects like the train station the baseball field the football stadium and like all these buildings downtown so basically in the winter you can walk through these tunnels slash bridges that go over the street and you and you can avoid going outside into the cold I think it's pretty cool
0: I think that they need to bring that to a Hamilton College where we're recording live.
1: Right. They could totally do that here. They have it in like Montreal too, I think.
0: I I don't want to. I don't want to go outside. I mean, you know, not to not to get too off topic, but uh, I mean, the heat's not even on in my room. It's like 35 degrees outside. I'm freezing.
1: Yeah, that's that's tough, man. I want a that's tunnel. Really, that's really tough, but uh.
0: My idea, actually, uh, this is so off topic, but it's not sports related at all. But I think we can indulge. I've always thought that it would be cool, basically, like if I were if I were a billionaire. Say I, I win the Powerball, uh, I will buy a mountain, basically bore a tunnel directly to the center of the mountain, where you walk down the hallway, and then there's just an elevator from the center of the mountain all the way up to the top.
1: Wow. There you go. Is that stupid? It's like a... It's like a... What are those things called? Those like cable cars that climb the sides a of mountains. A funicular. A mm. funicular. It's, it's like a funicular, but it goes straight up like an elevator.
0: No, it's, it's actually just an elevator. Oh. You just get the Geyser Modus in there. But it there.
1: works the same as a funicular would, going up the side of a mountain.
0: No, it's, it would be inside the mountain, not on uh, the side.
1: Okay. But I think that why, – why is that better than a funicular?
0: It's probably a lot more expensive. Or you
1: get a cool view mm. going up the side of a mountain.
0: I don't know. I think okay, we should ba- – uh, back ba- to ba- the ba- baseball.
1: Back to baseball here. World Series starts tomorrow night. You want –
0: tonight. Starts tonight.
1: Oh! Oh, my God. It is—no, actually, it's—, it's Tuesday. It's, it's, it's 11.15 right now. It's not actually—
0: Yeah, but this show's coming out on Tuesday.
1: Oh, okay. So if you're listening to this, on, which I hope you do on the day it comes out, because that's when you should listen to it, when the, when the news is fresh and spicy. Um, yeah, it starts tonight. Um, okay, I, I think we should go picks. Who do you got? Red Sox, Dodgers. Also, side note, I'm psyched that it's the Dodgers. I, I think there's much better storylines. Big market, big market. East versus West. Boston, L.A. rivalry. I don't if they get into it, but I mean, I'm gonna six s- and, and how many games?
0: I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say, Sox in six. I think they're gonna jump out to an early lead. I think it's gonna go. I think it's gonna be two zero. I think the Dodgers are gonna claw back, and it's gonna be two two. And I think the Sox are gonna say, "We we mean business." Four two, six games. Close it out at it. Fenway. Close it out at Fenway. Let the home crowds get, crowd get one.
1: Okay. All right. Yeah. Uh, you know. I'm gonna go Sox and five. Sox and five. They had a a nice gentleman sweep against the Yankees. A gentleman sweep against Houston. Why not have a gentleman sweep against LA? I think they lose either game one or two at Fenway. Pretty much how it's gone in both of the other series. Wait, that's not a gentleman sweep though. A gentleman sweep is any any one game.
0: No, 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 no.
1: That's not true. No, no, no. Actually, that is true. That is how no, No, no,
0: no, no, no. A gentleman's sweep. No,
1: it's not when you go up 3-0 and then they, and they win the fourth and then you win the fifth.
0: No, no, that's not a, that's not what I was going to say. A gentleman's sweep is when you lose one on the road so the ho- so the home crowd like gets to like have like a you like, you know, World Series win or like a Stanley Cup finals win.
1: Right, but that doesn't apply here because it's a 2-3-2. So that wouldn't be possible.
0: What do you mean? It's a two- that wouldn't be possible. It's a
1: 2-3-2 two- series. Mm-hmm. So you win say you win both and then you say you win one more you have two more against
0: No um, uh, no no that but it's still possible so you it's just 1-1 one, one, and then you win three straight That would still be a gentleman's sweep. It's only a gentleman's I sweep. I thought
1: the point was that you win at home is what you're saying.
0: No no the point of a a gentleman's sweep it a gentleman's sweep is when you lose one on the road. You lose one game on the road. So that way the, like, the lose, the team that loses the finals gets, their home crowd gets to have, like, a, yay, we won, like, a World Series game. But even though they lost the World Series. That's a gentleman's sweep. You know, you give them a little taste of it.
1: Actually, that is not true. A gentleman's sweep is when a team wins a playoff series but loses one game in the series. It's as simple as that.
0: No, okay. Yeah, but, mm, I don't agree.
1: Well, that's that's not what the definition is. Well,
0: who, who defined that? Where are you looking at that?
1: This is on the... Dictionary.com.
0: What? Wait, this is an actual defined term?
1: Yes. Wait, what? D- dictionary.com. I thought that this was a made-up sports term. No, a d- gentleman sweep.
0: I disagree with that. You
1: let the team win one game before sweeping them, so it can come at any point in the series. No,
0: I think that a gentleman sweep is specifically when you let the away team win, or like at home. Like the, the team that loses get to gets to win at that home. That
1: seems like a little bit much. Well, Letting that, I mean, the team win at home. like.
0: That's what it is to me.
1: Okay, well, that's that's not the correct definition here. But that's not the point.
0: It's, it's going to be a
1: gentleman's sweep. Whether or not they lose one at home or lose one on the road, I think they'll lose one.
0: I'll be hoping for them to lose sweep, in L.A.
1: They'll lose one, and they win in L.A. They're going to clinch on the road for both for each of the division, the division series, the championship series, and the world series. And, yeah, it's going to be a great fall here in Boston.
0: Well, I look forward to see what, what's happened. All right, unfortunately Kyle can't make it to this interview, but we've got Nick Orsidi, who is a junior on the Hamilton varsity hockey team. He's a Canadian boy, uh, and we really appreciate him coming out here.
2: No problem, looking forward to it. Yeah,
0: and here's Cabby. All right, the gentleman joining us on the phone is from TSN, Cabral Richards. You know, uh, on Wikipedia, your, little, your middle name is not, is not listed.
3: Ah, yes, that is true. That's never been publicly revealed.
0: It's never. But that's your big thing. You're, you're always, when we, when we watch Caddy Presents, it's always, you know, it's Justin James Watt.
3: <laughs> Thank you for the deep dive. Yeah, I don't know. It, it's, I just like to start the interviews in a different place where these athletes are, are unaccustomed uh, to starting. So it, it kind of, it, uh, they always smile or some, some people are embarrassed by the fact that I bring up their middle names because they don't like them. But it's just a different place to start. And its I just like the, the, the energy that it brings.
0: I mean, we, so you so you're unwilling to share your middle name with us. That's, that's that not is so- correct.
3: Yes, that is 100 percent correct. Yeah, that is accurate. Just yes.
0: Just adding to that, you know, your Wikipedia. Did you make your own Wikipedia page?
3: No, I don't even know what's on it. It's probably from like 2010.
0: Well, because it's it says that it's made by Cabby Richards.
3: Oh, yeah? Well, that's yeah. probably from 2010.
0: <laughs> all right. Is so, it from 2010? No, it's more recent than that because it's got all your TSN stuff.
3: Oh, okay, yeah, right. I went to TSN in 2011. Okay, so it's 2011 then.
0: Yeah, so... But I,
3: Yeah, listen, I, I haven't touched it in a while. Have I touched it in a while? I don't think so. I, I think it's 2011, but either way, hopefully, hopefully what I wrote uh, about myself back then is... Um, are the most glowing, like award worthy descriptions in the history of like, I I hope I wrote it as though I was writing about Steve Jobs. And if it doesn't read that way, then I'm disappointed in myself.
0: I mean, we get we get that. So I think our first big question is, you know, how how do you become cabby? How do you become this guy? That's, you know, he's all over TSN interviewing the most famous people in the world. Like, how does that happen?
3: Uh, there's a lot of luck involved. Uh, there's a little bit of blackmail. Like I've recorded some people doing some nefarious things that, that gave me an opportunity, uh, to, to, you know, to get on, uh, on camera and stuff like that. Um, and then just wearing people down, I think and just catching them on the right day so that that certainly helps. So a being a a total douchebag and recording people uh uh being uh, being lucky and then c um wearing wearing these athletes down and, or, or their pr staff to eventually get the yes like yes you can have 5 minutes with so and so and that's how it's that's how it's worked out for me
0: do you think people like athletes get mad when you get all up in your in their face cuz like you're you're known for yeah really yeah they really get annoyed talking. for
3: sure oh yeah 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 they they're like some people are just like they just question my behavior which is totally understandable because it's weird for someone to be in your personal space. The only time personal space is really um, uh, violated is like if you're taking public transit and you're just on a busy bus or a train or you're you're going into a, a sporting event or leaving one and there's literally thousands of people exiting one so that you're all mushed up or even in the bathroom. You guys have probably been to football games or whatever, it's like that break or a, or a basketball game, and then there's 75 dudes in a bathroom with like three or four stalls. That's when person, that's when personal space also gets violated.
2: So you and Aaron Rodgers are actually buddies, or did you just wear him down to a point where he's like, I, okay, that's enough."
3: Yeah, yeah, I wore him down. I wore him down. I wore him down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love Aaron Charles, but yeah, I definitely wore him down. I like, I, I, ambushed him on a at a golf course this year. He was at the. Um, uh, the Pebble Beach Pro Am in Monterey, California, and um, we went there to interview Bill Murray. And then I know that Rogers has played in that tournament in the past, so we're like, I'm like scouring the leaderboard and looking at the groupings. I'm grabbing like official do- not official, well official documents from the organizers. I just need to see where he was on the co- on the course. Boom! I figured it out. Go to like 17 and. I'm the only person that says this to him. I call him this, one. I'm like, "Aaron Charles, Aaron Charles." And then he turned around and he saw me, and then he came over. He hugged. I'm like, "Hey, man, after you're finished your round, can you come over and and uh, can I violate your personal space for five minutes?" He's like, "Sure." It, so he did.
0: Is that how you remember these athletes? Like, you 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 think first name middle name? Like, because we we all think Aaron Rodgers and you know Mitch Marner. You think you think just Aaron Charles. I don't even I don't even know Mitch Marner's middle name.
3: Uh, I don't know Mitch Martyr's middle name either. For some people, yeah, I, like um, for some people, it, it'll definitely I'll throw their middle name out there. Um, uh, and uh, how do I? I usually remember them if like they've been just an absolute G in their sport or some moment that we've had in the past. Uh, but then like that's like that's like super. I don't know, self self important to to of uh, myself to think. Oh yeah, this person's gonna remember this random prop I gave them like three years. Hey, remember that time I gave you a bag of Viagra. Like, it's it like, athletes probably wouldn't remember that stuff. So, I think just going by like their first and middle names or first and last names might just will usually do the trick for me.
2: How much tougher is it with like American athletes that don't regularly see TSN and all like the Canadian guys, the Toronto guys would know, but uh, like American sports not the same.
3: Um, it's. It's the same, I have the same approach, and certainly when I interview someone for the first time, I just want it to be a good experience for them, or memorable. Memorable, hopefully good, but if it's memorable, bad, then so be it, then that's how it goes. Uh, But I just want it to be, I always want it to be different than the stuff that they're accustomed to, and if uh, an American player has never seen my stuff before, doesn't know who I am, that's even better because I have a chance to make a first impression, and then I know that I'm going to be different than the beat writer that covers the team in San Jose or, you know, the local NBC guy in uh, in Philadelphia that covers the Eagles. I just know it's going to be different than that. So um, I use that to my advantage. And also I'm a Canadian. So like everybody loves Canadians. Like, you know, yeah, we have like we're, you know, our prime minister, Justin Trudeau, like one of the most likable politicians in the world. <laughs> So we have like I have that going in there with me, and I and I always tell the athletes right from the jump, like, "Hey, I'm from Toronto, I'm a Canadian, and I'm a little bit weird." And I usually get some kind of a reaction, a, a smile or a chuckle or something, and then they're just like, "Oh yeah, man, it'll be all right." And then all of a sudden, I'm looking into their nostrils, and they're like, "This is not what I signed up for."
0: So how do you how do you have so much energy all the time? Because I mean, even right now, talking to you on the phone, we can. I can hear the energy. I feel like you're, you know, you're you're running laps while you're talking to us.
3: Because <laughs> I'm a spaz, man. Like I'm, I'm not a normal person, and uh, I am pacing in my 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 little townhouse. I'm walking from one end to the other because when I talk, I always need to move around. Uh, energy. I don't know. It probably comes from being like a fat kid, and just like fat people uh, like me, just like there's just more of our bodies to like for our. Our bodies to eat energy. Energy from well, that was really stupid, but um, uh, I, I'm just I always remember or channel like the like the nine year old me, the annoying class clown, talkative, like wouldn't shut the hell up, attention seeking kid. That's who I bring to my interviews, and also like there's a lot of fanboy in me because I respect and revere the talent that these guys. Have and have worked on for decades in order to be on, to be competing at the highest levels. Like regular people, we didn't have that kind of discipline to put in that hard work, or perhaps in some cases the benefit of some genetics. But mostly, it's the hard work and then creating the opportunities. So I gotta respect that, and I just know that you know, just as someone who asks questions, um, I wanna I wanna make it memorable. I wanna make it. Something that they'd be like, oh, yeah, I had some fun with that. Or uh, in the case earlier this year, I interviewed David Beckham, who was um, it was the afternoon of the press conference where they announced the new Miami MLS team. And this is David Beckham. This guy's been asked literally the same, I don't know, 15 questions for like 30 years. So going into that, when I was really stressed out, I'm like, what can I ask David Beckham? This guy's been interviewed probably 20,000 times in his life. So as a disclaimer, one of my little tricks that I do is I say, I apologize if I ask you something you've already been asked. So then that lowers their expectations because they're like, yeah, this guy's just going to ask me the same five questions the last person asked me and I say, "Um, I apologize if I forget any of my questions and then they're like, Oh man, don't don't worry about it. It's all good. So by the end of it, if I ask them something that they haven't been asked before, then, then, and they tell me, then it's like, okay, cool. Like, then I know that they, the experience was, was memorable. And also that I did, that I did enough work that I could come up with something um, different for them to uh, uh, a question or a or a concept, so they'll be like, "Oh, man, thanks, man. You know that was that wasn't just the same thing I just did 35 times before I ran into you." Who'd so you- specifically to that that David Beckham interview, I brought up like cryptocurrency, which he'd never heard of before, uh, and uh, that was the thing. And he and, he, and he said after the interview, "Cause I've God. never." I've never been asked about that before. And then we got an email the next day from the PR from like MLS New York, they're like, David was charged was recharged by that interview. It was his favorite one of that, of that day. And I was like, oh, thanks. That was, it's like a cool, cool thing
2: to hear. Who would you say is like an American equivalent to your style? Like I'm, I'm Canadian too, so I don't know all the, the ESPN guys and the Fox Sports guys yet, maybe Matt knows, but is there anybody with the same sort of style? Like your style is unique. Is there anyone else that's kind of close?
3: No, the closest – not that I've seen. um, The closest to like – that I've seen in sort of like interacting with athletes would have been Kenny Mayne. And Kenny Mayne used to have this uh, segment called The Main Event on ESPN. And it was specifically on Sunday NFL Countdown at ESPN. And I remember meeting Kenny Mayne when I went to a Patriots game in 2002. They played the Packers, and Kenny Mayne had this great relationship with uh, Brett Favre but his style is a lot different because he is he's really funny but his his sense of humor is really dry and me because I don't have such a I don't have like a great uh, comedic presence or, or a comedic wit I use um, uh, I perform I suppose in a different way because I use like my energy and my animation in order to get reactions out of players versus just having like a really witty one-liner or a zinger to throw back at them. Um, so Kenny Maine is the only person that I've seen. Um, and I don't even know if he does the main event anymore. I think he's just doing, he just hosts SportsCenter now. Uh, have, but he had a run of like, I don't know, 15 years. I think he was like late 90s to I don't know, 2010-ish kind of thing.
0: Have you ever tried to get on the ESPN? Like obviously your, your segment's on Sports Center, but they could put the same thing on in the States and it'd be just as fun
3: um a couple of our segments have been on ESPN um there was a time when I uh, I was like racing Adrian Peterson on like these mini bikes so I was like when I went to interview Adrian Peterson I was like what can I do with this friggin guy like he's his dude's a legend he's like he's super fast I mean he ran for you know I think his what was it like 2090... Seven yards, or it was like very close to Eric Dickerson's record. But anyway, so I was like, okay, let's go to a Walmart and let's find these like little either tricycles or mini bikes. And that's how I could race one of the fastest men in the world. Um, and that, that clip ended up on um, Sports Nation. And I think when Oberman had his show, um, I can't, what was Oberman's show called when he was back at ESPN for the second time? Do you guys remember?
0: I, I don't remember. And I don't think Nick knows. No.
3: Um, The the most recent thing that appeared on on ESPN was at the beginning of the season I went to Minnesota and I did this – I got Dalvin Cook to predict – not really predict, to characterize each game of the season. So like, oh, this is – you know how like in in the media, you know, uh, athletes would say, well, this is a statement game. So I I had his Minnesota schedule and I had all these different – categories of game, like a rivalry game, a Sunday night football game, a statement game, a get your popcorn ready game. And I got him to fill that out. So that ended up on week one of uh, NFL countdown because the reporter, um, she's like, I can't remember. She used to, she used to be like the beat reporter for the New York Jets. She saw it in, in Dalvin Cook's locker and she took a picture of it and referenced it on, on the show. So those are the times I've been on Eastman, but I haven't had any, I haven't gone there Or having like, hey, I wanna come work for you guys. I'm pretty I'm pretty comfortable where I'm at here and I'm also I think a little too weird for ESPN because there's nobody up there or over there that does the stuff that I do, so I'm not sure if they would even be be about it.
2: Who would you say the best player, like your best experience with a player, or if you want to share like the worst experience with a certain player?
3: Uh I've had great experiences, man. Um, Uh you know, I lean on this one a lot. It's like I went to Mike Tyson's house once and I got him to put Vaseline on my face. Like that was incredible for me because I I'm of an age where I grew up and Mike Tyson was the baddest man on the on the planet. And then just to be at his house in his backyard and to look in Mike Tyson's eyes was like insane for me. It was I, I was excited and I was like nervous and then trying to get him to like, it took me about five minutes to convince him to put the Vaseline on my face. And then he put so much on my face. It was, it was like an experience for me. Um, I've had some awesome, um, experiences with Rogers. Uh, I'm actually, we're, we're, uh, we're in the process of like building our next thing, like, uh, for him in, in a few weeks and, uh, and hopefully he gets a kick out of what we're trying to build for him. Um, I'll try, I'll try to give you one in each sport. Um, hockey. Um, listen, the first time I drank out of the Stanley Cup and I have not, I've not—I've never earned that privilege, but I drank or I've consumed things out of it three times. I drank out of it in 08 and then I ate cereal out of it because of my baby bro, Mike Richards in LA. I ate Captain Crunch out of the Stanley Cup and then I ate Lucky Charms at his house um, out of the Stanley Cup. like. So those I mean being a Canadian, this is this is like this it's it is the holy grail in our country. And then being able to interact with it on that level, like eating something out of it, is probably disrespectful. Not that's probably disrespectful, but also like again, a privilege I did not earn. Uh, and then basketball, I mean, basketball had some really great ones. And I'd I'd I suppose most infamously is I got to fly in Kobe Bryant's helicopter. And when I pitched him the idea at a video I was hosting this video game thing for him and Carmelo. They were playing like NBA 2K9 or 2K ten. This is several years ago. And then at the event we we're eating and then I just pitched him like, "Kobe, oh, we gotta take a heller." actually I wanted to do a like a hot air balloon ride. And then and then um uh and then I changed it to a helicopter and he's like sure I was like, what? And then, like, Allison Bogley was there and his mar- manager, Jerry. So I was like, guys, did you hear that, Jerry? Did you hear that? Kobe said yes. Allison, you hear that? Kobe said yes. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. So then, you know, four months later, you know, we're tra- we're like organizing this shoot where, you know, Kobe used to fly from this small airport to, JFK- or to LAX and then have a driver drive him to the practice facility. So it would save him an hour in traffic driving from Orange County to, where the where the lakers would um would practice in el segundo anyway point is i didn't know that kobe bryant had his own helicopter we were gonna rent a helicopter like the i used to work at the score and that was that was the we and then we we're gonna whatever it cost, like we're gonna blow the budget on this thing but kobe had his own helicopter so that was um that was pretty sick and he's just he's just such a g like that is such a boss move and i don't think I haven't heard. Steve Nash took his helicopter a couple times when he was in LA, but I haven't heard another athlete that can ball on that level.
0: I mean, so let's say you, you meet someone that uh, has no idea who you are. And how do you tell them what you do? Because we watched uh, the the day in the life of Cabbie, and you're like the, the guys at the print shop think I'm nuts. So, I mean, in I mean, a story like that, yeah, I just I was I was on Kobe's helicopter with him. Like, how how do you describe your life to someone who has no idea who you are?
3: Um, that's a good question. I would just say I'm a jackass, like that's just my default position. Cause in many ways I am. Uh, and I just, I just like the other day I was, I was in, um, I was in the U S and I just say, Oh yeah, I just like, I just ask um, athletes and entertainers kind of stupid questions and I just kind of leave it there. I don't really get into specifics unless someone is really inquisitive, but I just leave it there. And that's just, that's basically what I do I just I ask silly questions, and I act like a donkey a lot of the times, and I just hope that the audience enjoys it, and I hope that the athlete enjoys it.
0: Now, you told, you told us a story about uh, you know, Kobe Bryant and a few other guys that, that are a little more fun, but you know you must have, knowing all these people, you must have had some kind of crazy nights out or something like that. Do, do you have any, any kind of a little bit more out there story that you're willing to share with us?
3: Oh, like partying and stuff? Sure. Um, you know, as cool as the interviews look, I don't really get to spend that much time with these dudes. Um, and this is a little behind the curtain, a little inside baseball. Like generally, you'll get five to seven minutes with an athlete, and you just got to be ready to go right away because – They have so many commitments, like after practice, a lot of guys just want to get home because they have kids, small kids, or if their kids are at school, they're going to get treatment for 45 minutes. Or I don't know, there's, there's, or they're, they're doing their, like making their own content or they have, they have to meet with, you know, somebody else. So it's like, it's a very, it's a very small window for interactions. Um, okay. So uh, a party story. Um, Ooh, let me think you know i haven't had i haven't had a lot and i haven't there's nothing that's like oh man and then this one time we went to switzerland and then we were in this freaking invisible jet like i don't have anything like that like i imagine partying with like ronaldo or neymar maybe neymar would be like in brazil would just be insane like yeah we went to this mansion and there was a lady pyramid and then like it was oh, all bets rock um mine just there a couple nights out at like clubs and stuff and
0: um well we we know you're friends with a few nhlers we've you know uh-huh. y- you've told the story publicly before about going to a jay-z concert with dustin penner you know anything anything wow. like that maybe where did they...
3: <laughs> oh that was great but like the end of that story is like i that's where i i hit like a pop-up to the pitcher it was because it was lined up to like just be there for a home run uh what, that's a great find. I forgot that I used to tell that story. Jeez, um, man, I'm so, uh, Yeah, I don't have any. I don't have anything great. I mean, uh, no, I don't have anything great. I'm trying to think the last time I like, was around famous people. I think was, I think the ESPYS, and we were watching G at this con- at like this show, at the ESPY Awards, and and I'm I'm simultaneously watching Sierra dance, and it's just like wow, that's this woman is uh, 47 out of 10. Um, but yeah, sorry, man, I don't have any good ones. I'm sorry. The the Penner one might be the best one that I can tell publicly.
0: Okay, we'll we'll, we'll take you, you, that from you. A little bit of a sports question here. We haven't even gotten to that. Are the Leafs legit? Yes.
3: Uh, they need a a, a, a right-handed defenseman, uh, but the the man, they're going to score more goals than other teams. So their opponents. So by that. They'll win a lot of games, but you know it's still so early, man. The people here are like annoying Yankee fans or Red Sox fans. Just I don't know, man. It the the fandom is just out of control, and certainly with the with the young core and then Tavares, like it's it sometimes it's nauseating living in Toronto and having to experience Toronto Maple Leaf fans.
2: Do you think it's going to be too much at some point for him? I mean, I had to even I had to let him ask that question because I'm a big home reliefs fan too. So, do you think it might just get to them and they'll crack?
3: Oh, the 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 players? Yeah. Nah, I don't. I well, I, uh,
2: like there's so much on the see, line it, this I don't year. Think this so. is the closest they've ever been, and like the pressure's never been higher than now, even in Toronto.
3: Yeah, but now like they've had you know they played Washington back to back years in the in the playoffs and then obviously they had the heartbreak against Boston in 2011. So they've already had like their, I don't want to say hearts broken, but they've already taken some L's and they've taken some emotional gut punches. So now just with the confidence of Tavares and whatever happens with uh Nylander, whether they, they put him on the market and, uh, and try to get a defenseman or they, you know, sign one of those, like those two year bridge deals like those guys have a, a ton of swag. So, whoever they face in the first round, I think there's to be some food that'll be eaten, and then they'll, and then they'll move on from there. But again, this is coming from someone that I find, I loathe the fan base because the the fan base is so annoying. Pitcher, like whatever the most annoying fan base is in the world, it's
0: probably like Philadelphia. The Maple Leaf
3: fan base. Yeah, Philadelphia's pretty, young, but they're also gross. Like. Like how? How after the, the Super Bowl are you on Broad Street eating horse horse bleep for like? Because people are like yeah, eat it, eat it, and then you're climbing greasy poles. Like they're so weird, but um, yeah. So as obnoxious as those fans, that's what we have here in Toronto. Are
0: are you friends with anyone that you that you uh, that you have on? I know that you said that you don't get that much exposure, but I mean. I mean, when you have like Nazim Kadri for example, like is he just a really good guy, or, or do you know him better than just in the videos?
3: Great dude, love that kid. I love Naz. Naz is always super honest, and that's what I love about him. Granted, I'm not I'm not asking any questions which will get anybody in trouble, like I'm asking about your phone or watching Netflix, like really benign things. But he's always just really honest. Him and Morgan Riley are like the the those are dudes that. Um, I love interviewing because I know that I'm just going to they're never just going to give me a, a dumb soundbite like a safe soundbite. Um, but yeah, Nas, and I, we've been out a few times. Like I, I know I'm a little bit away from away from the ice. He's. Uh, I enjoy I enjoy my nights out with that dude.
2: How do you think he's doing right now? I know the whole pressure and the whole spotlight is on. Matthews and Tavares and I kind of I watch every interview and like the first question every single guy on the team has asked is how is it like playing with Matthews or Tavares like it's got to be kind of tiring at some point just getting the same question over and over and like yeah it's great to play with Tavares we get it he's good
3: well that that's just emblematic of the questions that they get all the time so yeah this this year the questions have changed to like Matthews and Tavares but in the past it's like I don't know they've had some version of that all the time. So these dudes are, they're, they're used to it. And I don't even know if they creatively try to come up with different <laughs> responses to the same generic questions, but, um, I don't know if there's any more pressure for those guys to perform, but I don't know, they, but also like, there's just more talent. So they're, they're going to get different opportunities than they've had in the past. Uh, and I think Nas is on that second line, right. With, is he with Marlowe and, and Marner?
0: I think I think Tavares they, they, is, they, with, is with. A, sorry, I think that's yeah, Matthews with, with them.
2: No, it's Tavares with Marner, and then uh, Naz has been on the third, and he's kind of gotten his winger has been bounced around a little bit. I think it's kind of waiting for uh, Neilander to come back.
3: Right. Okay. Um, I don't know if there's any more pressure on those guys. M- maybe collectively, but I don't know if each individual guy's like, uh this is. I just. I just have to. I, I don't know. I haven't asked those questions. Um, and I don't know if you would, to a man, you would get like a real honest answer. Um, you might have to have like, Jalen Rose said it the other day, sodium sodium something is like the truth serum that he got from Doug Collins. I heard in a podcast. I was like, what? I wish I remembered it to drop on you guys. But whatever the truth serum is, whatever the ingredients are for the truth serum, if you pump the truth serum in this, or tequila into someone's veins, then maybe you'll get like an, a real honest answer about that.
0: All right, Cabby. I, I'm a little outnumbered here. I'm from Connecticut in in the United States of okay. America. Nick's from Mississauga. You're from Canada. So, I mean, do you want to do you want to bash America? Do you want to say something bad about the states?
3: Never, never. Those are our biggest trading partners, man. You guys have you guys buy all our stuff. I think eighty percent of our exports, American, the American economy absorbs and consumes. I don't I don't have anything bad to say about you guys, man
0: nothing I mean, because everyone a lot of a lot of people in america are like we're going to canada so some you guys hey must we want something good you
3: guys are welcome to come you guys are welcome to come you'll love it here whether you go to vancouver whether you go to montreal to toronto calgary you'll love it or even the east coast if you want that connecticut life you go to halifax or moncton new brunswick listen life is going to get way slower but you'll 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 really like it so no i have nothing bad to say about america no
0: Okay, okay. Listen,
3: you guys gave us, you guys, you guys invented hip hop. You know, you guys make the best movies and TV and, you know, all the things that it's the best writers, like Chuck Klosterman is an American. So is Michael Moore and Malcolm Gladwell's ours. He's ours. He's from Canada. I love him. But you guys, no, I have nothing bad to say. And also, shout out to your women.
0: Thank you. Yeah. You know, I mean, I love America, (laughs) but, but, you know, I, I wanted to give you the opportunity here. Uh. What's next for Cabby? You know, you're, you've got your Sports Center feature. Are you like the next great Canadian late night host in 10 years? What, what, what do you see? Where do you see yourself going?
3: I don't think we've ever had one. I don't know if our, our country has the infrastructure to support a late night TV show. It would be amazing to do that. Um, but I, I just don't know if there's enough eyeballs, if there are enough eyeballs to go around. We had two institutions we had the Royal Canadian Air Force, and this hour is 22 minutes on the CBC. Which is like our version of NBC, CBS, ABC, et cetera. Uh, but as far as oh, there was one guy, this guy named Mike Bullard, who had a late night show on Global for a few years.
0: Didn't Strombo do um, ten years on a CBC?
3: Well, it was it wasn't like it wasn't a late night show. He was more he's more of an interviewer, not so much of like a performer. Where like Fallon can sing and and I dance a little bit, you know, Conan can do. Oh, no, actually, Conan is always Conan in his sketches. <laughs> and so is Jimmy. So is Jimmy Kimmel. He's always but Corden James Corden is a, an amazing performer. He can sing dance act and he's really funny. And uh, I guess Fallon has that similar DNA. But um, yeah, strombo because strombo show either the hour or strombo strombo tonight. He would like he would interview you know politicians, writers, uh, social activist and then like a comedian or an actor or musician he would have like run the full gamut so it, it would be great to do something like that but i would want to always have some humor in it or you know some some digital short where it's an infomercial for i don't know llama pills or something i don't know something really stupid
0: have you considered uh, would
3: hopefully be fun.
0: have you considered hosting snl do you think they want you
3: no man, no. Yeah, I was just listening to a podcast with Alec, um, Alec Baldwin, excuse me, and Chris Higgins, who, who's been the head writer or runs the writers' room at SNL, and he's he's the the announcer um, for the Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon. You know the guy with the glasses. Yep. He's kind of as a yep. little podium. Uh, no, I'm not talented enough for Saturday Night Live. I, I think I could do the sketches, but like. The writing, you have to write like new sketches every week and the, the apparently it's like the most intense pressure cooker for creativity imaginable. Cause that that show doesn't stop. And every week, you know, Tuesday nights are the writing nights, Wednesdays you gotta pitch and then people do not support your ideas. Like you have you might have the best sketch ever, Matt, and then nobody will laugh because it's so competitive and then you just it just kills your spirits. <laughs> so I don't know if I have the chops for that. I think I could perform on the show. But I don't think I can do the rest of it, which is the the constant stress and the pressure of writing something, a new Rihanna sketch or a new sketch about, you know, inflatable shoes or something about whatever happens in in the White House. Like I, I don't think I I have that skill set.
0: So uh, you you interview people for a living. So do you want to interview us? Do I want
3: one to? Yeah, sure. Um, here I have three questions for you. Okay. What okay first is what night of the week is the best night to go out uh in uh you guys are in you guys are in upstate New York right your school
0: yep in the middle of nowhere basically
3: okay so what is what is the, what's the best night out for you uh, college kids uh
0: i i say friday night cuz you can still watch hockey night in Canada on saturday
2: okay okay i think i got to go with um, thursday
0: Cause I feel like
2: Thursday night five,
0: five day week is
2: a long week by Thursday. You're kind of sick of it. You got a battle Friday, but you need a little break.
3: Okay. Now scale of one to 10, how strong are your, how strong are both of your DM games? And like, not, not just like sliding into like Instagram, whatever, but like your, your, your messaging game. Let's say that how strong is your messaging game? Like if you're meeting someone for the first time, or if you're, you already know a young lady and you're just trying to advance the plot, like how strong do you guys believe your games are?
2: Oh, I'd go with terrible. My, I'm, my whole phone game is horrible. I don't use my phone at all. So I feel like that's, what? Just, that's just a disaster waiting to happen. Yeah, oh, wow. I, that's disappointing.
0: I'm going to say like probably a three. Uh, I'd, say that, I'd say that when, when I – like maybe if, I, if I'm trying to be clever – and maybe i I would say probably like a little too smart, like no no one's gonna get it i'm I'm laughing to myself and and I just get a bunch of question marks in return
3: okay, okay, all right that's uh, also disappointing that's uh you guys are wasting you guys are wasting at bats out there man I cheese what because have you', what you have you on again?
0: we'll have you on again, and you just you'll teach us how to do it
3: okay done uh and the final question is. Um, the final question is in, okay, so it's 2018, say by 2025, how do you think people your age will consume content? Like, will it, will it be the same as now, which is mostly on your phones? Or do you think there'll be a new device or technology where we will be consuming news, entertainment, entertainment? history, et cetera.
0: That's a tough one. Uh, I'd say that probably uh, you just got like a little chip in your hand and it just comes straight to you. Like you're, you're sitting in, you're sitting in a meeting at work and you just get a little ding in your brain like, Oh, that's interesting.
3: <laughs> yeah. So then, okay. So, all right, So like some kind of microchip. So we're going to be uh, part cyborg, or be the the early the early um, implementation of of uh, what uh, Ray Kurzweil uh, wrote in his book. Um, uh, what the hell was the name of that? Uh, Trans Something man.
0: Transcendence.
3: Uh, he, and he's, is, uh, is that what the name of his book is? Transcendence. Is is
0: that the one where they made a movie out of it with Johnny Depp, where he he basically just becomes a computer?
3: I believe so. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's Transcendence. Uh, and I believe
3: uh, transcendence. I believe Ray Kurzweil. Kurt's wheel, um, predicts, I think it's 2029 or 2039 as when we will have, like, uh, we'll become part, part Android, part machine. We'll have like sensors tapped into our brains, et cetera. And,
0: uh, a little stay woke for you. Some of these guys out in California, like Jeff Bezos or Zuckerberg, they, they might be like beta testers of that. That's why they're, they're doing so well,
3: man. Listen, Jeff Bezos just wants to buy everything like he's going to own everything. Facebook has all our information. Netflix is replacing television. It's uh, I'm sure those guys have access or, or beta testing the crazy. And then there's like Boston Dynamics like every every isn't every two weeks. There's a new video of the, the robot dog or the, the, the humanoid like parkour was the next one. Like one of those things are going to be doing gymnastics soon. And then there's going to be like tests where those those um, cyborgs, those creations, are in the real world. It's when they get into the real world that's going to cause a lot of panic. Like one of these things are at the friggin' Chipotle ordering a ordering a burrito, and then all of a sudden climbing the side of a building and eating the burrito on the top of the building. Like that's <laughs> when it's going to get that's when it's going to get really really scary out there.
0: That'd be pretty wild. We want to finish up with you. Uh... With with a little quick section of rapid fire, if that's all good, if you got that's it. good. All right, if if you were a national travesty, you were killed. Are you murdered or assassinated?
3: Oh, um, I'm murdered. I don't think I'm gonna. Be, I don't think I'm gonna be like revered or enough to be like uh, some kind of hero or icon. And that's when you get the assassination title. So I would just be murdered.
2: What's the best sports moment you've witnessed live?
3: Uh Lakers winning the Game 7 NBA Finals in 2010.
0: Who's the most p- famous person in your cell phone?
3: Um Um Uh I uh, Probably Aaron Rodgers, I guess, yeah.
0: Do you guys text?
3: Yeah, we were texting last night.
2: Is there an interview you've always wanted, but you just can't can't get, or haven't been able to get?
3: Yes, yes, yes. Cristiano Ronaldo. It's been, we've been like messaging back and forth with his agent at CAA for like his on the American side for two years, and it's just been rare. Ronaldo's on the Mount Rushmore. Tiger Woods is on the route. M- Mount Rushmore, President Obama, and Oprah Winfrey. Those are like those four people on the Mount Rushmore of athletes or personalities that I, I would love to interview. I, think, o- I, I
0: yeah. think Obama would be the best of those four in terms of how fun it'd be. Yeah, he just
3: has like the best personality. He's like, he's witty, he's sharp. He just, I don't know, I love his cadence like this. I mean, he's just so likable.
0: This one's based off a recent, uh, recent Cabbie Presents with Mookie Betts. Out of 10, how strong is your Instagram game?
3: Oh, my caption game needs work. My caption game is like a six and a half. Um, how, about,
0: how about the DM I, game?
3: Oh, you know, I'm, I'm an 11. My, my, my messaging game is very strong. That's just, but I'm from a different era where you had to like actually like, talk to girls and then just put in a lot of time on the phone. But just being such a weirdo in, in, my, in my career and just having to come up with like really strange questions, that, that leads to a lot of success in the messaging game. Cause I'm, not, I'm asking stuff that regular dudes wouldn't ask. So I'm like, oh. And then, you know, obviously, as an interviewer, you have to listen. So just my listening game was on point too. So yeah, that's, I'm an 11 out of 10 in the messaging game.
0: Do girls know who you are? Does, does being Cabby from Cabby Presents, does that help you?
3: No. They don't care. They they like women care that I have a job, but that's really it. Like the the girls that I've had relationships with, they don't care that I work in sports or whatever. They like that's my thing. So like, oh yeah, he's, he's passionate about sports, but they don't care that I that I've like drank from the Stanley Cup and that I'm like, oh yeah, I'm gonna go interview you know the St. Louis St. Louis Blues today. Like they don't care. That helps that help zero.
2: I know a lot can change over the year, but just, just your gut feeling, Kawhi staying or leaving?
3: Oh, man. After, after so few games, it's so hard to tell. Um, I'm often wrong in my predictions, so I, w- I will not predict. I know what, like, as someone who's born and raised in Toronto, I know what my heart would want, but I don't want to predict it. Because um, if I say, yeah, then it's just going to be the opposite. So I'm going to withhold a prediction.
0: All right, Cappy, that's all we got. Thank you so much for joining us on the Kyle and Casanoff Show. It was an absolute pleasure to have you.
3: Thank you for having me, fellas. And I hope I didn't bore everybody who's listening to this.
0: Hey, somebody has run out on the field. Some goofball in
1: a hat. That was the most exciting thing to happen
2: tonight.
0: All right. Welcome back to the Kyle and Kasanoff Show. We're going to hit the NFL before we end. A big thanks one more time, though, to our very special guest, Cabbie from Cabbie Presents. Also, a big thanks to our guest interview, Nick Ersidi from uh, the Hamilton men's hockey team. Let's he, talk. He was
1: stepping in for me. I had to. Uh... I had to miss this interview. You had to take care of some business. It unfortunately, happens. I had to take care of some business. That's, I mean, it, it does happen. But, okay, we need to start NFL real, real quick. Shouldn't take more than one sentence. Giants, still bad. Okay? Moving, okay. Moving on. Uh, Thanks for
0: listening to the Colin Kasanoff Show. That's going to do us.
1: Still bad. Just went final. Uh, Patriots. They lost 23-20?
0: 23-20. Patriots are, are really good.
1: Patriots are a really good team. I don't know if you guys knew that. They um, they looked
0: a little sloppy versus the Bears. They did. There but
1: a lot of turnovers. It's on to Cincinnati. Both ways. It's on to Cincinnati for them. I don't know wh- actually where, where they're on to. They may even have a bye this week. I don't even know.
0: Cordero Patterson fumbles a return. Next one, returns for a touchdown. Right, exactly. Redemption. That's the way you turn around. Redemption. And you know what? I You know, in my in one of my uh, little country music history, Bill Belichick did a little Tammy Wynette, stand by your man, you know? Yeah. He, he didn't pull him. He said, you're my man. Right. And, Paid off big time,
1: right? Exactly. Well, I don't know who else they would have put back there. Like, they don't really have anyone else to return. They're not going to put Edelman out there with his. Um, he's had some injury, injury history, especially when it comes to returning kicks. Um, I certainly wouldn't put him back there. I, I don't know who else they would have put. But either way, the Patriots they have so many weapons on offense. But now. they
0: did lose Sonny Michelle.
1: They did. That's a weapon lost. Uh, apparently, Schefter said today he's he's listed as week-to-week.
0: Which is a lot better than me now for the he, season.
1: It, it looked like his career was over on uh, after that play. Okay. I, I, I thought he blew out both of his teams. I needs. mean, he walked
0: off on a, under his own power, largely.
1: That, usually, you can do that with a torn ACL, though. <laughs> Derek Rose walked off on his own power. Okay, but the a torn
0: ACL his... isn't necessarily an, a blown career.
1: Uh, for a running back, it's, pr- it's pretty hard to come back from a... F- a completely torn ACL. I can't think of that many running backs who've come back from that.
0: Didn't Legarrette Le- Le- Blunt have a lot of injury problem?
1: I don't know if he ever tore his ACL though. Mm. He he's definitely had his injury problems.
0: We'd have we'd have to look that one up.
1: But they have just so many weapons. Even even with the loss of Michelle, which which will obviously hurt for however long he's gone, a couple weeks maybe. And
0: Burkhead's out.
1: Burkhead's out. But James White was dangerous. Unstoppable. There. It's the, ridiculous. He's really dangerous out of the backfield. Um. James White. I mean, they have Gordon now working in really well. He had a hundred yards. Edelman's back, obviously. I mean, I mean, and you still have Hogan. They didn't even have Gronkowski.
0: You know what's something interesting, by the way, about about uh, Gordon, for uh, on the on the plays when they thought that uh, the Bears were going to go deep, they they put Gordon out there as the free safety. Yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, usually it's Gronkowski, but he yeah. was hurt. Um, I know that's what they've done in the past for Hail Mary plays.
0: Can I say this, by the way? I'm going to say something. And he he also almost blew it. He jumped
1: too early. (laughs) And he he let the guy catch it.
0: I'm going to say something really stupid. And I want you to tell me why I'm really dumb. But if if I'm the Bears, why am I not drafting a new quarterback and just putting Mitchell Trubisky at running back? That's what he's good at. He's the best running quarterback in the NFL. He's a lot better at running than he is at throwing. And it's not even close. Right. Like a lot better. Right. See, I, I think what this
1: is is he was playing against Tom Brady, who, like, middle, middle, Trubisky versus other guys of his size and you know generally of, of his athleticism, probably isn't that much faster than anyone. But he's playing against he was he was playing against Tom Brady, who is like like compared to the average American male. And I'm saying American because I think speed definitely varies country to country. Compared to the average American male. I take. Yeah, I think Americans are faster than most countries. Just just generally. Not not Jamaica. They usually lose to Jamaica. And they usually lose to Canada too now that I think about it. But mm-hmm. ba- compared to the average American male is significantly slower. So he made Mr. Trubisky look that much faster out there.
0: Well, I mean, he had like he had like that uh, that uh the touchdown run which was like a 60-yard run. Yeah. He, he
1: yeah he, he made he it some, hard for
0: himself though he
1: did make it hard for himself he he ran 80 yards to get 10 um wasn't a, it was a net of negative 70 I want to say he went backwards like 50 then he went forwards 10 I guess sort of it, if my math checks out there um but yeah I mean he threw the ball 50 times he, he had 300 yards he I mean but he threw two picks he's not he's not that good like he's he has some high highs and, and some low lows he just I don't know Maybe next year is his year, but I think really he's—I—I I, I think he's the Blake Boros of this team, quite a, like speaking of Blake Boros. So you—you
0: you mean a really good player that everyone loves, no. who sometimes has a few bad weeks in a row, but we forgive him because we love him.
1: Um, no, we don't love him. No one loves him. I think that I, I'm surprised they've—they've they've stuck with him for this long. They paid him your, for Cody Kessler. Do you
0: watch the Good Place? No. Well, you should. In The Good Place, there's a character from Jacksonville, and he loves the Jags, and he loves Blake Bortles. And a little piece of him and a little piece of me are the same guy. I there got a go. soft spot in my heart. There you go. Blake Bortles, really, really bad.
1: They're, they lost 20-7. to 7. Really nice guy. The one touchdown was not scored by Blake Bortles. He had a horrible fumble, which which precipitated his eventual pull from the game. It was it was a long time coming there down in Jacksonville. Who would have thought it was Cody Kessler that would take over though?
0: All I'm saying, I see Blake Bortles in the NFL for another 10 years, 10 million dollars a year. Just he'll he'll be one a, one B to someone, you know. Why
1: do you like him? I think what is likable about him? I
0: think he's a really nice guy.
1: There are a lot of nice guys out he's there. He's funny. A lot of funny guys out there too.
0: He uh you know, I Is that it? I like the fact that he's better than people. Like, obviously, he has had like some pretty bad weeks, but in general,
1: career overall,
0: people have been beating up on him a lot harder than he's earned. I think. I think that he has not earned. He of have one. He does
1: have one s- single playoff win.
0: I mean, he he. I mean, just to he predict- has as many playoff wins as Tim Tebow. He has way more playoff wins than Kirk Cousins. Way more. Way I mean, more.
1: In, he has infinitely more playoff wins than Kirk Cousins
0: Yeah, does. Kirk, call me when you win a playoff game. The way Adam Thielen's playing, I would be surprised if they didn't upward. win a few.
1: trending upward here. He's really good at football.
0: Really good at
1: football. Should we, talk, should we talk about the Vikings a little bit? I think we need to. I think this team has had its ups and downs this year. I think their defense is soft. It's not nearly as good as it was last year well, or the year before. I mean, I
0: think that they had their downs to start. I think it's all up from here. And
1: they're losing. I mean, I think the loss of, of Everson Griffin was just huge. And it, and the defense really just has not been the same. And they also just have no running game. So Kirk Cousins is just throwing it all day. But he has Adam Thielen to throw to, who catches everything. And it so, uh, turns and, out he's not he runs really perfect, bad. And he runs perfect routes. So uh, I don't know. You know that he was not drafted? I did know that. And he went to Minnesota State, a D two (laughs) school. Hey, stick with it. Hey, Antonio Brown was a six round pick as well. Well, that's two of the three best receivers in the league who were six round or worse in terms of entering the NFL. Who's the
0: Who's the third best?
1: I'd say probably DeAndre Hopkins. I put him as three. I say Antonio Brown is still the best. He he still is. I put DeAndre probably at two, and then I put Deion at three.
0: Where's Odell for you?
1: Um. Ooh, see, that's a tough one. That really is a tough one. I uh, he's definitely top ten. I, I don't know if I can put him higher than four or five. Honestly, I, I can't. I think Julio. I think Julio Jones also really good. Did he score tonight? Has he caught a touchdown? Right. Yet? That was going to be thing. my question. Okay, I I'm going to look right now because again, this this game just went final. The stats are still fresh. Um, let me see, Julio Jones.
0: Well, I'll just talk about the fact that the Rams are seven and zero, and I don't see them losing a game this season. Okay, Julio Jones. Mm. He had a
1: hundred more yards. No touchdowns. No, no, no touchdowns. no touchdowns.
0: <laughs> do the Do the Falcons have the worst red zone offense in the NFL?
1: Yes, and the red zone offense is entirely back corner fades to Julio Jones that they miss <laughs> every single time, whether it be playoff game, regular season game, even preseason game. That's that's all it is every single time. Okay, I,
0: I, I don't get it. Well, thanks for announcing that. No, but actually, back back out west. Do you think the Rams are going to lose a game this year? You know, I think
1: they I think they lose a game. I mean, they're definitely going to lose Week 17 because they're going to sit everyone because they're going to be 10 games ahead in the in the NFC West. That is a dumpster fire out West there. They have the two worst teams in football, and then they have Seattle. Who who knows what they are anymore?
0: Well, um, then we know they're not as good as the Rams.
1: I think the Rams will honestly have this division clinched by Thanksgiving.
0: I think the Rams are probably, by, by your logic, they'll sit everyone Week 17. I think they'll probably go 18-1 and win the Super Bowl.
1: Yeah, I I I would not be surprised. Um again, they were my preseason Super Bowl picks, so if Me too. What, if that's where they're heading, I'm 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 all for
0: it. I think they're gonna play some different opposition than I picked, but I think I still think the Rams will make it there. But if And you, for the record, by the way, your pick of Chargers, the Chargers are pretty good, but I don't know if they're gonna make it all the way to the Super Bowl.
1: They're the third best team in the AFC right now, so there's there's optimism there. Look on anything can happen.
0: Talking about the AFC I, would, I wouldn't bet on the Chargers over the Patriots.
1: Actually, no. I'm looking at their schedule right now, the Rams, that is. Um, week 17 is against San Francisco.
0: So they'll probably win that, too.
1: They'll probably win that, too, even with their backups. Yep. But the next four weeks, they have Green Bay, win. New Orleans, Seattle, and Kansas City. That's the- four tough games.
0: I think that's two tough games. Really? I think Green Bay is not going to be a problem for the Rams. I think it's less of a problem. Well, are, they than, home? Than New are they home or Cam- away?
1: They're home for Green Bay. They're at the Superdome. And then they're home for Seattle and and Kansas City's in Mexico.
0: I think that th- I think that they win at least three, probably four of those games. Their
1: first loss is going to come in one of these four games, though. They're not going to go
0: 4-0. I'd say probably the think. Saints will beat them. And I think they'll win the rest.
1: Okay. Uh, that Kansas City game is going to be wild. Here's,
0: a, here's the thing about that, that Kansas City game. It's, I don't think it's a lack of talent. Well, I do think that the, that the Kansas City Chiefs cannot defend. I don't know how you really dispute yeah, that. But, well, I mean, they only put up
1: 10 points. Well, I mean, they gave up 10 points against Cincinnati. They couldn't do anything. And, and and Cincinnati here, the first seven games of the season, had one of the best offenses in football. Yeah, but... So I thought the same thing until Sunday night.
0: I don't... I'm The other thing that I was going to say, that was only half my point. The other half my point is that Even at the ripe old age of 32, I think Sean McVay probably knows how to manage the clock better than Andy Reid. And for that reason alone, in a head-to-head matchup between two tight teams, I'll give it to the guy who can run the clock.
1: Oh, I can totally see that Mexico game. I can totally see the Rams having the ball. And up, I, up seven with eight minutes left, and then Andy Reid is burning all three of his timeouts right then and there. And then, and then they still get a first down and run the entire rest of the clock down, and then it's game over. I can, and, I can totally see that. I happening.
0: mean, I bet that I bet those horns will probably be going right. Yeah, you know, it'll feel a little bit like a soccer environment. Andy Reid, the
1: vuvuzelas, is maybe that, is
0: that a Mexican thing? Mm, no, I think that's South Africa. South, okay, so okay, wrong continent. I was gonna say maybe Andy Reid will just get confused by like. I assume it's in a soccer stadium, probably.
1: I believe it's at the Estadio es- a- Azteca.
0: So maybe Mexico City. So he'll probably be confused and think that he just can't can't stop the clock because it's soccer.
1: Right, exactly. It's they're just playing a, football. It, it's just a running clock. He does. He has no idea how. He has no idea what's going on here.
0: So I'm gonna. I would. I I think that the I think that the Saints are, are. I think they're legit.
1: He's gonna see that track, the track that goes around oh. around the field. Just totally gonna throw him off. It's like he's back in high school again.
0: That's not going to be good. That is not going to be good. Do you want to hit anyone else in the NFL?
1: Um, no. O- honestly, honestly, I-, I think the rest of the NFL this week, I mean, it was another wild week, but I think I think those are the big ones, honestly.
0: Well, I think that's going to do it for us at the Kyle and Kasnoff Show. Thanks for listening. Make sure you subscribe. We're on iTunes and Google Play. You can follow us on Twitter at K&K Podcast. Uh, and we hope you have a great week. We'll see you next time.